Let's see if I, okay. It's a pleasure to be here. Those of you who uh, have heard me give shir before know that I try meticulously to be here on time. Never, never to be late. You're waiting for me, and I feel very bad. So the cab picked me up from Yerushalayim, and I'm speaking to the driver, and he tells me he didn't dava mincha. He didn't dava mincha. He said, no problem, he'll dava mincha after he drops me off. So I told him, no, 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 you have to pull over now, and you have to dava mincha now, because Shki is going to be in uh, another 20 minutes. He says, I can't do that, it's against... I said, I will pay you extra. You pull over, you dava mincha. He pulled over, and he dava mincha, and I reminded him. <laughs> I reminded him that today is Rosh Chodesh. He gets back in the car, he starts driving, he has this frightened look on his face, he tells me he forgot Yalavir, forgot Yalavir. I told him, you know, this is, this is brachos, and avchafav, and daflam, and shulchanar, kuvches, you have to be choser, you have to be, I have to be choser, you have to repeat the, the Shmon Esrei, you have to pull over, pull over again, so he pulled over a second time. Each one of his shmanesres was about eight minutes, eight minutes. And he davened, he davened again, he davened again. Then he told me his story. He's in the process of Chazar Abichuv. And he's trying to be very careful about uh, the mitzvah of tefillah. So I told him that that's what I'm supposed to be speaking about, emunah and tefillah, and tonight's shir. So uh, that is why I'm here a few minutes, uh, a few minutes late. But... Uh, so a certain element of Ashkach. So he asked me that, and, and what are you going to say in the in this year? So I, I began with simply the following: There is a Gemara Brachos and Davav, where the Gemara tells us that indeed there are Dvarim Haomdim Berumo Shalolam, that there are certain things that are so essential, essential in Avodas Hashem, who Bnei Adam Mizalzlin Bahem, and people don't take them seriously. You know what? They're lax about the most important things in life. The Gemara doesn't tell you what it's referring to. And maybe one could think that, you know, there are many different, different examples. Rashi only writes one example. Rashi writes tefillah. Tefillah. Tefillah is something that is impactful. Tefillah is something that informs our Avodah Hashem. And yet it's unusual that Bnei Adam is Zalzan Bahem. People do not take the schus of tefillah as seriously as they should. And, and I'll tell you something that I think is frightening. There is a Gemara later in Brachos and Afsamah Beis, where the Gemara tells us the following. You know, David HaMelech, the very beginning of Sefer Malachim, this is, you know, is the Haftar for Parshish Chayisar. There the Navi tells us, David HaMelech was Zakein, Baba Yamim, he already reached old age, and he was cold. He was cold. And you know what? Vayichasu Bebegadim. And they took clothing, and they gave it to David HaMelech. And David HaMelech put on those clothes. And, and you know what the Pasuk tells us? Now you remember from the Haftorah. Lo yichamlo. It didn't provide warmth. Naturally, you put on a baguette, and you're warmed. David HaMelech put on these garments, and it didn't provide any warmth. Why exactly was that true? So the Gemara says something stunning. Earlier in life, earlier in life, years, years earlier, Tavna Melech tore the Beget of Shol HaMelech. 
Dovr HaMelech was mevaze. He degraded the beged of Shaul. And the Gemara says something stunning. Because earlier in life, he degraded the beged of Shaul. Later in life, begadim no longer were impactful. It, it no longer provided the necessary warmth. That's the Gemara Brachas, Navsamak Beis. If a person doesn't take something seriously, if a person somehow is mizalzel, you're very lax about something, you know what? That later in life when you need it, it's not going to be effective. It's not going to be impactful. That's the Gemara Brachas, Navsamak Beis. I think that's critical when it comes to Tfilah. Rav Yitzhak Blazer said, Tfilah, Tfilah. That you know what? We have an opportunity to daven, and we don't take it as seriously as we should. You know what? There are going to be times in life where you're going to be dependent on your tefillah. And you know what? You may wonder that why is it that my tefillah somehow is not impactful? You know, a person will daven, and somehow you can walk away thinking that it didn't attain its proper goal. It wasn't effective. It wasn't impactful. You know what that Kamara tells us? In order to ensure that tefillah is going to be impactful, you know what? Years earlier, you have to take it seriously. If you revere tefillah, it's not just a matter of you're going to fulfill a mitzvah. It's going to be impactful. It's going to be effective. And yes, there are times that you're absolutely going to turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and tefillah. So now is the time that you see to it that you have all of the necessary tools. You daven meticulously each and every day. And, and you know what? Then the tefillah is something that is going to soar. It's Dvarim HaOndim Berum HaShololam. When you look, no doubt, throughout Chazal, that you find so many examples of the power, the power of our tefillah as an expression of our imuna and our bitachon. You know, when you look, for example, in the beginning of Parshish Chayisara, you know that it's necessary to find an appropriate wife for Yitzchak. And Avram Avinu instructs his servant Eliezer to go ahead and to do so. And you know what? Seemingly on a certain level, this was a very daunting shlichus. Uh, imagine that you're the shliach in order to fulfill this mission. But somehow it seems to became very easy for Eliezer. Eliezer went, <clears throat> and all of a sudden, just things started falling into place. All of a sudden, everything started happening. One miracle after another. He goes and all of a sudden Rivka is there. Now, and Rivka offers to go in to perform acts of Gemilus Chasadim. The water literally rises, rises to greet them. That's a nes min hashamayim. You know, it's a no-brainer. Know that this is the suitable wife for Yitzchak. What did Eliezer do? He just simply showed up and he started to travel. And all of a sudden, one nes after another occurs. You know what? When Eliezer has to go back and explain to Yitzchak what happened, you know what he says? I'm going to tell you the entire story. And you know what the Pasuk is? That, Kol hadvarim asher asa. I'm going to tell you everything that I did. Everything that I did. You know, that Pasuk sounds difficult, no? Everything that you did? Well, what, what exactly did you do? You began a mission, and all of a sudden you experienced one nace after another. One nace after another. That that's everything that you did? That you did? What did Eliezer do? So Rashi writes just one word. The Tfilosa. The Tfilosa. 
You know what Eliezer did? He davened. When he was asked by Avram Avinu to fulfill the shlichus, he davened to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for Siyata Dishmai. And, and all of a sudden, one nase after another occurred. And it's incredible. The Pasuk attributes those nisim to Eliezer. He'll ask me, what did Eliezer do? All he did was begin a journey. The answer is no. He earnestly davened to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He davened and all of a sudden it set one nase in motion after another. And the Torah ascribes all of the Nisim to Eliezer. You know, I'll tell you that says something about the potency, about the Koach You go ahead and you do, and things happen. You know, there is a Marsha in Kedushan Dav Chavtes, but I want you to take a look. The Marsha writes that you daven for something, that is not reliance on an ace. Tefillah is Biderech HaTeva. That's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu created this world. Just like you put on a garment and you're warm, you daven, and if HaKadosh Baruch Hu feels that yes, this is appropriate, that would happen, and that is a natural path. That is derech ha-teva. That is a natural path. That is natural hishtadlus. To daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is indeed Ishomei Atfil. And I'll tell you an amazing comment of the Chizkun. You know, when you look in Parshas Vayishlach and Bresh Islam at Hey, the Torah lists one after another, all of the Bnei Yaakov, all of the Shivteka, all 12. You know what the Pasuk tells us? Asher Yulad Lo Bipadan Aram. All of them, all of them were born in Padan Aram. You know what the difficulty with that is? We know that that was true with 11 out of the 12, 11 out of the 12, but Binyamin was not born in Padan Aram. Binyamin was born in Eretz Canaan. And it's somewhat surprising then that the Torah should tell us 12 out of 12, all of Bnei Yaakov, Asher Yulad Lo Bipadan Aram. You know what the Ramban writes? They're in Bereish Islam and Hay. And the Ramban also writes this in Sefer Mitzvos, in Shoresh Rishon. Shoresh Rishon is where the Rambam writes that yes, they're Taryag Mitzvos. Taryag Mitzvos have to be Mitzvos Min HaTorah. You cannot include in the 613 mitzvahs any mitzvah which is drabanan, Any mitzvah which is drabanan. You're learning Megillah, the third para, Kriya Satora. No? You'll tell me, is Kriya Satora Daraisa? Is Kriya Satora Drabanan? Oh, Sigya Babakamadav Pebeis? Yeah, but the fundamental machlokis Rishonim. The Tosus in Brachos and Dafyud Gimel, the Tosus Megillah earlier in Dafyud Zion, and the Ritva in Dafyud Zion that writes that Kriya Satora is Minhatora. It's Minhatora. Kriya Satoru, ooh, and Shabbos, and Yantiv, Min wow. The Rambam writes that Taryag mitzvahs are only mitzvahs daraisa, not mitzvahs darabanam. And the Bahag seems to include a handful of mitzvahs darabanam in Taryag mitzvahs. The Bahag includes Nerchanaka, Kriya Samagila, those are part of Taryag mitzvahs. So the Rambam writes, how can that be? So one of the answers the Ramban gives is, look, if you have a vast majority, a vast majority of mitzvahs that are minatot, and there are a handful of mitzvahs drabanan, it's okay to say regarding mitzvahs, nemrelamoshimisina, because you always follow the vast majority, the vast majority. And the Ramban writes, where do you see that it's true? You can follow a vast majority because the Torah says all of the shivtekah, were born in Padan Aram, and it wasn't true of Binyamin, it was true out of 11 of the 12, 
So if the Pasuk will say, Asher Yudado Bipadan Aram, and even though it was only true out of the vast majority, 11 out of 12, that can justify the Bahag, including a handful of mitzvos, Drabanan, and still we can say, Makos Tavchav Gimel, the Tariyag Mitzvos Narmoshim Isina. Wow, that's the Ramban. So I'll tell you a Chizkuni. The Chizkuni writes, take a look, Rashi Slamadei, that not 11 out of 12, 12 out of 12. 12 out of 12. All of the Shvatim were born in Padanaram. But that's not really the case, no? Binyamin was not born in Padanaram. So you're ready for the terror to the Chizkuni? Chizkuni writes this. Yosef was born. Yosef was born in Padanaram. Okay, Yosef, yes. What about Binyamin? But when Yosef was born, wasn't there a tefillah of Rachel Emenu? Yosef Hashem Li Ben Acher? At that moment, Rachel davened for another child? So you know what Cheskuni writes? The real Makom Leida of Binyamin was in Padanaram. Even though physically it's true that Rachel gave birth in Eretz Canaan, but the tefillah, the tefillah was in Padanaram. And the Makom Hatfila is the Makom Hanais. That's something which is stunning, no? The Makom Hatfila, 12 out of 12. Asher Yula, Padanaram. And I'm going to tell you the following Kiddush, that this is true Lalacha. You know, if you look in Mesechus Brachas Daf Nundalid, the Gemara tells us, you know, you're touring Eretz Yisrael. And you see places where Nisim occurred to our forefathers. You have to have the right tour guide, no? Because you have to make a Bracha. You recite a bracha on the nais. This is a nais that occurred to our forefathers. So if you look in that Gemara, the Mishnah, the Brisa, the Suya gives examples. You know what one of those examples is? You see that Evan, Shiyashav Alav Moshe. You know, during Melchem Asamalek, then the Parshas Peshalach, Moshe Rabbeinu positioned himself. He sat on a rock. When you see that rock, you recite a bracha. Imagine, the rock, the rock, what exactly was that place, that place? You know what Targum writes? That wasn't the battlefield, but that was the place of the tefillah of Moshe Rabbeinu, that Bnei Yisrael should succeed in conquering and battling Amalek. That was the Makom HaTefillah. And that's a Mishnah, that you recite the bracha on that, on that place. Imagine that there's a gathering of tefillah and all of a sudden a nais occurs and the makom hanais is the makom hatfilah. The makom hatfilah. I'll tell you, yeah, that's the sugya. And brachos and afnun dalit. And therefore, not surprising that if rachel imenu davin stakarish barachu and the tefillah is answered, in such a case that asher yulad lo, vipadararam. So when it comes to Eliezer, Eliezer davins, nisim happen. And the Torah connects the dots. Everything is a result of that tefillah. That's the place of the birth of Binyamin. That's the place of Melchemes Amalek. Eimakam, Eimakam HaTefillah. And, and I'll give you another example. You look in the very end of Parsha Hazinu. Hmm. Rashi writes at blank the following. When you go through Chumash, there's certain times the Torah uses the phrase, Be'etzem Hayom Hazen. Something happened, in the midst of the day, in the midst of the day, Rashi writes the following. Whenever the Torah uses that term, that is an indicator of absolute gvura of HaKadosh Baruch. Meaning that, you know what, that 
something happened that really demonstrates the strength, the power, the infinity of Kaddish Baruch Hu. What are those examples? Rashi begins with Tevas Noach. Uh, uh, imagine, Noach is building a table. And you know what? All those around him are ridiculing him. You're building a teva. This is not going to happen. Even if there is a mabul, you know what? We're going to restrain you and we're not going to allow you to go into, into the teva. We're going to take sledgehammers and we're going to smash the teva to see to it that you don't enter. You know what? Maybe one would think that in the middle of the night in a covert way that Noach would sneak into the teva. You know what? Noach enters the teva be'etzem hayom you know what that means? Kadesh Baruch Hu says, go and you go, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. All the scoffers said that we're going to prevent that from occurring. But you know what? Ah, the Gvura Sashem, Be'etzem, Be'etzem Yomazeh. Rashi does not quote this example, but the same thing is when it comes to Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu was about to perform Brismila, and all of those around him were going to prevent, restrain Avram Avinu, that he could not perform the Mitzvah Brismila. And guess what? Avram Avinu did so, Be'etzem Hayom Hazed. Even though people thought no, but you know what? Atzas Hashem Yisakom. Kaddish Baruch Hu says yes, and it's going to happen, and not in the middle of the night, but rather in the clarity of the day, when everyone is sitting and watching. Rashi writes, what about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? No Evet ever was able to escape Mitzrayim, let alone that a nation, a nation is going to leave. You know what the Mitzrayim said? Impossible. You try to escape, we're going to prevent you from doing so. Bnei Yisrael didn't leave Mitzrayim in the secrecy of the night, but rather, as the Pasuk says, Be'etzim, Be'etzim Yomazeh. And Rashi quotes one more example. That's the Rashi in the very end of Azinu. The Misa of Moshe Rabbeinu was Be'etzim Yomazeh. Because Klai Yisrael said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to take Moshe Rabbeinu away from us. We're not going to allow that to happen. We're not going to allow that to happen. And you know what? Not only did it happen, but it happened in all four of those places. means there may be those who think that, you know what, that we can prevent the Gzera Sashem, but you know what? In all four of those cases. So let me ask you a very, very simple question. Three out of the four, I think, are clear. The last one, Moshe Rabbeinu, that I think is difficult. No? What exactly is the Havim? What is the Havim? That it takes Gvura, Gvura to prevent. When it comes to Noach, it's very reasonable. Noach is building a Teva. And Noach thinks he's going to save himself and his family. And all of us are going to perish. We are going to physically prevent Noach from entering the table. Is that reasonable? I would say that's reasonable for a, a group of people to think that they can prevent, they can restrain Noah. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. The fact that it didn't happen means that's kvura. Is it reasonable for those around Avram Avinu to think that they can restrain him and prevent him from fulfilling a mitzvah bismillah? That's reasonable. That's reasonable. You can take a person, you can throw him into prison, and guess what? He will not be able to fulfill mitzvahs. He won't be able to wear tefillin. He won't be able to perform mitzvah brismila. It's reasonable. It didn't happen. Kvura Sashem. Betzam Yamazeh. 
Is it reasonable for the Mitzrim to say that no slave ever left Eretz Mitzrayim? We are going to prevent B'nai Yisrael from simply walking free? You know what I will tell you? That's reasonable. That's reasonable. And yet, Now what about Moshe Rabbeinu? What about Moshe Rabbeinu? Kaddish Baruch Hu says that Moshe Rabbeinu is going to leave this world before we go to Eretz Yisrael. And B'nai Yisrael says no. We're not going to allow that to happen. We're not going to allow that to happen. How reasonable is that? I understand that, you know, I can restrain Noah, I can break a Teva, I can prevent Avram Avinu, Mitzrayim can prevent B'nai Yisrael from leaving Eretz Mitzrayim, we can prevent the Misa of Moshe Rabbeinu. We can prevent the Misa of Moshe Rabbeinu. What's the Havamim? And at the fact that we didn't, that's Gvura. That's Gvura. We, we don't control Chaim and Misa. Why would you think that that's something that you can prevent? So I'll tell you, Chiddush of Briskarav. Briskarav writes a very technical answer. You know why? Because the Torah tells us, Umus Bahar. The Torah says the location of the Misa of Moshe Rabbeinu. We can't prevent the Misa of Moshe Rabbeinu, but you know what? We can restrain Moshe Rabbeinu that he doesn't ascend Har Nevo, and, and therefore, the Torah tells us that's where he is going to die. So it's not the Misa of Moshe Rabbeinu, but it's the location. Location. And maybe yes, that we could restrain Moshe Rabbeinu. We as a group, Klai are not going to allow Moshe Rabbeinu to ascend the Har, which was the Mako Misa. Okay. That's the Kiddush that the Briskarov explains. But you know what? Ruchaim Shemlevitz writes the following. This is found in the Sefer, which is called Be'er Hasada as well. That no, B'nai Yisrael could, could be empowered. Could be empowered. How is that true? But B'nai Yisrael is going to restrain, prevent? How is that possible? You know what the answer is? With the tefillah. With the tefillah sarabim. B'nai Yisrael recognized the koach tefillah. And if B'nai Yisrael would earnestly daven for Moshe Rabbeinu, that was reasonable, reasonable. That you know what? It could not happen. It could not happen. That is part, part of the koach, the koach hatvila. And, and the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu was nifter betzimim azeh, guess what? That was absolute gura. Because the default position, oh, the marshal, Kedushin Chavtes, is if you earnestly dive in the derech hateva, is that tefillah indeed is going to be answered. And, and therefore, if indeed Moshe Rabbeinu was nifter, that was a manifestation of Gvura Sashem. But it tells you the lesson, the power, the potency, the koach, the koach atfila. You know, sometimes we're not as careful about davening because we think that, you know what, it doesn't resonate. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't hear. It's not something that's impactful. Rachman Baruch Hu is a shomei Kadosh Baruch Hu hears each and every one of our tefillos. You know, sometimes in life that's certainly true, that you know what, that we don't always get the result that we desire, but you know what, that's an incredible chesed. Because in life, sometimes we're desirous of the wrong things. You know, it's presumptuous to think that I know best, and therefore I'm going to for this, because this is the ultimate, the ultimate, kiyum ha And sometimes the Kaddish Baruch Hu does an incredible chesed, that you know what, we're davening for this, and you know what, HaKadosh Baruch Hu uses the tefillah for that, and that is something that is far more important, far more transformative. The tefillahs are not empty. 
the tefillah is not ignored by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but you know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of course, rightfully channels. And that's an incredible chesed, because in life, we only see what's immediately, immediately in front of us. We don't have a broader view. We don't have a broader perspective. And, and sometimes, you know, a person can die for something, and that's great. Even here, you're not that old, but maybe you can think of times that you thought something that happened was terrible, and it turned out to be something absolutely, absolutely incredible. You know, I have Talmidim, you know, they dove and they should get into this Ivy League school in order to be able to go there. And guess what? For some strange reason, they didn't. Nebuch, they came to Yeshiva. And all of a sudden, they grew and they became B'nai Torah. And their families are so different than they otherwise would have been. You know what? That was such a chesed that a Kaddish Baruch who used that tefillah and just channeled it a little bit differently. Imagine if they would have gotten their wish. Sometimes you can daven for the, the wrong thing. Sometimes you can think something is terrible, and in hindsight, you realize that, you know what? This is incredible. You know, I was so foolish at that time. Because our vision is very limited. We don't always have a panoramic view. And that's essential, especially in Golas. You know, when you live in times of Geula, you see the Yad Hashem. It's something which is absolutely palpable. Imagine you're walking, you see Kriyas Yams. It's clear. It's clear. That's an ace niglet. The Ramban points out the very end of Parshas Bo, you know what? In Golos, in Golos, we have to look very hard. Are there Nisim? Of course. That's the Ramunah, the Rabbi Tachem, that everything, everything, but you don't always see the Yad Hashem. But you know what the secret is? Is in order to see the Yad Hashem, sometimes you have to take a step back and you have to look at things from beginning to end. And you know what? You see how Ashkachas Hashem unfolds. How it unfolds. How it's something that's absolutely real. You know, I'll tell you that Purim is a time of year that we celebrate Nisim Nistarim. Nisim Nistarim. You're not going to find a nice Niglan Purim. You know, you're going to read the Megillah and not find the Shem Hashem. But you know what? Undeniably, I'll tell you this. When you read the Megillah from beginning to end, when you walk away, can you honestly think that this was all, so to speak, Teva? And this was not Hashkach Hashem? You can't really necessarily point to a particular Pasuk. You're not going to see the Shem Hashem. But when you take a step back and you have a more panoramic view, and, and you see how everything unrolls, undeniably, that's Hashkach Hashem. In Golos, that's very, very important to appreciate the Nisim Hanistarim. You know, I'll tell you a halacha, okay? And I, and I think that that's something which is clear. You know, you're in shul, the Balkari is about to lay in the Megillah, but before he makes the bracha, there's something he has to do, no? What does the Shulchan Aruch say? What does the Balkari do before he makes the bracha? Pores ki igeres laharos anes. You know what the Balkari has to do? He has to open up the Megillah. He has to open up the Megillah. He can't recite the bracha simply on a particular pasuk of the Megillah. But it has to be opened. You unfold. You open it up. It's a hashkafa. You want to see the Yad Hashem in the case of Nisim Hanistarim. You know what? You have to have sometimes a more panoramic view to recognize. Recognize Anisecha Shabachal Yimanu. That I think is critical. And I want you to know the following. You're incredibly, incredibly empowered. You know, I'll tell you a story of Rabbi Akiva that you know, but I'm not sure you know the Tosas. 
You know the Sugyan Ksuvis? No? Samak Bezim and Bezim, Samak Gimlam and Aleph? Rabbi Kiva was a shepherd. Rabbi Kiva at that stage in his life was an absolute Amharetz. Rabbi Kiva knew absolutely nothing. And you know what? That the daughter of Kalbis Savua, among the wealthiest of Yerushalayim, recognized his potential. And she married him. She married him. Kalbis Savua was enraged that that happened. No? She married a shepherd, a shepherd who knew absolutely nothing. And you know what? Adre Hanominichsei. And therefore, Halba Savo made a neder, a neder, that she cannot derive any benefit from any of his possessions, any of his assets. All of a sudden, you know how the story unfolds. 12 years, 12 years, a total of 24 years. Rabbi Akiv returns as being the God al Hadar with thousands and thousands and thousands of Tamidim. And guess what? Kalba Savua comes. And he asks Rabbi Kiva to be Matir and You know what? I made this Neder that my daughter cannot benefit from anything that I have and I see how she's suffering. I see she's absolutely impoverished. And, and Rabbi Kiva says the following, If you were to know that the one who she married was a Gavarabba, would you have made such a Neder? And of course, Kalba Sivua says, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And Rabbi Kivu was matter that neder. No, that Shabbos. No, Parshas Matas. Rabbi Kivu was matter. Matter the neder. Matter the neder. Wow. That story you know, no? Tosus. Now take a look. Tosus, Ksuvah, Samak, Gimlam, That's against a mission. That's against a mission. A mission in the Dharma of Samak, You know what the Mishnah tells us? How exactly does Hataras the Dharam work? How does Hataras the Dharam work? You go to a Chacham and you want to somehow remove a neder that you made. The Chacham just simply says it's mutter. You know how it works. The Chacham has to show you a Pesach, a Charata. The Chacham has to show you that at the time that you made the neder, there was some improper assumption. There was a basic misunderstanding. There was something that was absolutely wrong with the neder in and of itself. And therefore there's karata, there's a Pesach. But you know what? You know what that means? When I made the neder, I didn't have the requisite das. You know what that's called? Das hafla. Ha'adam b'shua. And, and therefore I understand the chacham is mat to the neder. But it's a Mishnah before Eshes. Let's say, for example, something happened after the neder was made. After the neder was made. You can't use that as a basic of Havtaras Nedarim. How can that be a basis of Ataras Nedarim? Uh, a neder means that at the time that I made the neder, I was mistaken. You can't go ahead and be mater neder based on something which is called nola, something that is only born later. Ein poschin banola. Ein poschin banola. And, and therefore, how can you mater such a neder? I make a neder that I'm not going to benefit from a person, and the Mishnah says that person became the sofer. And the whole city is dependent on him. You can't use that as a basis of Ataras Nadarim. Because he was appointed in this position, my netter should not be binding. It wasn't true in real time. It only occurred afterwards. That's Tosis' discussion. Tosis Ksuvasama Gimlamadala. Wow. So what's the answer? What's the answer? So Tosis writes seven words. No? So I want you to edge this in your consciousness. No? Because this is, uh, this is incredible. You know what Tosa says? It's true. Later in life, you become a sofer. 
Later in life, you became the lawyer. You became the doctor. You know what? That's called Nola. That's called Nola. That's true. But you became a Tamil Chacham. You became a Gado. A Gado. Tosa says, you ready? Derechu. Baholech Lilmod. Shenasa Adam Gado. You hear those seven words? Derechu. Baholech Lilmod. Shenasa Adam Gado. You know what Tosa says? Kadosh created us with that absolute capacity. And, and therefore, if you position yourself, you position yourself, and, and you learn, and you dive into Kaddish Baruch Hu for Siyat HaDishmaya, that is not called Nolad. That is not called Nolad. That is true in real time. That's something which is stunning. No? You position yourself. You see to it you're surrounded, surrounded by learning. You see to it that you learn with absolute hasmada. And you daven ta'karash baruch for siyata dishmaya. It will happen. It will happen. That is not called, that is not called nolad. Those words of Tosis are incredibly, incredibly significant. You know what it means. We believe in you. You're here for the summer. You know, use every minute that you can for avodah Hashem. Don't underestimate in any shape or form the koach halimud and the koach hatfila. Recognize that you're empowered and it can transform. It's not just a mitzvah of davening. It's a privilege to daven. And it empowers you. And that's that the potency of your tefillah is going to depend on how seriously, how seriously you do so. If you embrace your mishtada. You position yourself. You immerse yourself in the effort to grow as a ben Torah. And you daven ta'kadosh baruch for siyat ha'dishmaya. A gemar nida dafayinam abeyiz. A guarantee. A guarantee that that indeed would occur. So bear this in mind. That's something which is absolutely, absolutely critical. You should have the siyat ha'dishmaya. You should be mishtadel. You should be mispalel. And you should be zochet to incredible, incredible hatzlacha and yeshua sanakam. Everyone can please